1: What's up, friends? I'm Laura Adams, author of the award-winning book, Money Girl, Smart Moves to Grow Rich. Thanks for joining me on another weekly edition of the Money Girl podcast, where my mission is to help you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. I just got back from a fantastic vacation on the Rhine River. We did a cruise from Amsterdam to Switzerland. It was fantastic. If you've never been on a river cruise, I highly recommend it. It's a really great way to see a lot in a short period of time. And you're in a narrow river the whole way, so you get to see scenery on both sides of the boat constantly. It was really beautiful. So when I got back, I had a couple of questions related to choosing retirement accounts. So I thought that I would dedicate this show to that topic. It really is important because retirement accounts are very important tools that you can use to build wealth for the future. And they're complicated, so they confuse a lot of people and I think hold people back from using them because they do come with a lot of rules and regulations. So if you are confused at all by tax advantage retirement accounts and you're wondering what options you have, this show is definitely for you. You're going to learn how to choose retirement accounts. And what may surprise you is that you're probably eligible for multiple accounts. And while it's great to have more choices than fewer choices, it can certainly cause analysis paralysis when you're trying to choose which retirement accounts are right for you, which ones you're eligible for, et cetera. So instead of getting caught in a fog of retirement confusion, I want you to get clarity on these accounts. Using one or more retirement accounts to sock away savings on a regular basis is the best way to build wealth for the future. So in this podcast, you're gonna learn three simple steps to choose the right accounts for your situation. And I'm gonna work in the answers to a couple of the questions on this topic that I recently received. Plus, stay tuned, at the end of the show, we have an extra bonus tip from our friends at thepennyhoarder.com about how to earn extra money from home. You'll find the notes for this and every show with links to free resources that I mentioned, plus the full archive of podcasts in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 541, Choose the Right Retirement Accounts in Three Simple Steps. I have a whole lot to cover with you today, so let's jump into the three basic steps to choose which types of retirement accounts are right for you. Step number one is know the retirement account restrictions. If you understand a couple of restrictions that the IRS imposes on retirement accounts, you can easily use the process of elimination to select other accounts. The only restrictions you need to keep in mind are number one, an income limit for the Roth IRA, and IRA stands for individual retirement arrangement, and number two, a deduction limit for the traditional IRA. So I'm going to walk you through those two restrictions, which will help you with steps number two and three. So let's start with the Roth IRA income limit. So the Roth IRA is the only retirement account that factors in annual income for eligibility. You're prohibited from making contributions to a Roth IRA when your income exceeds certain limits for your tax filing status. For 2018, if you file taxes as a single and your modified adjusted gross income, and we're gonna call that MAGI, M-A-G-I for short, if your MAGI is higher than $135,000, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. And when you earn from 120000 up to 135000 that's when you're in a phase-out range. And what that means is that you can contribute to a Roth IRA, but the amount you can contribute is reduced. Now, if you're married and you file taxes jointly, you get shut out of a Roth IRA when your household's joint MAGI exceeds 199,000. And when you earn from 189,000 to 199,000, your contribution is reduced because you're in a phase-out range. So the deal is when you earn below the phase-out range for your tax filing status, which again is 120,000 for singles and 189,000 when you're married filing jointly. If you earn below those amounts, you can max out a Roth IRA. For 2018, you can contribute up to $5,500, or if you're over age 50, you can put in an additional 1,000 for a $6,500 total contribution, as long as you have at least that amount of earned income for the year. And if your income is in those phase-out ranges that I mentioned, you might be allowed to contribute $4,000 instead of $5,500, for example. But to calculate your allowable contribution exactly, there's a worksheet in IRS Publication 590A, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. But you may be thinking, well, what happens if you open up a Roth IRA, but then later on you have income that rises above the allowable threshold? Well, that's a great situation to be in, and there's really no downside when it comes to your Roth IRA. You get to keep the account, enjoy its tax free growth, and manage your investments any way you like. You just can't make any new contributions to a Roth IRA when your income exceeds the annual allowable limit. Please note that this income limit that I'm talking about does not apply to Roth accounts at work, like a Roth 401k or a Roth 403b. It just applies to a Roth IRA. You can always contribute to a workplace Roth no matter how much you earn. So that's the first restriction. The idea is that if you earn too much, you simply aren't going to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA. The second restriction I mentioned is a deduction limit on the traditional IRA. So let's talk about that. A major advantage of a traditional retirement account is getting a tax deduction for contributions. For example, if you earn $50,000 doing freelance work and you max out a traditional IRA by contributing $5,500, your taxable income for the year would be reduced to 44,500. The lower your taxable income, the less you pay. So that's a good thing. But when you or a spouse are covered by a retirement plan at work, your allowable deduction for a contribution to a traditional IRA may be reduced or eliminated depending on how much you or your spouse earn. Here are the details. For 2018, if you file taxes as a single and your MAGI is higher than $73,000, you can contribute to a traditional IRA, but you can't deduct contributions on your taxes when you also have a workplace retirement plan. And when you earn from $63,000 to $73,000, you're in one of those phase-out ranges, which reduces the amount that you can deduct. If you're married and you file taxes jointly and your MAGI is more than 121000 you cannot deduct traditional IRA contributions when you also have a workplace plan. And when you earn from 101000 to 121000 the deduction is reduced. Again, you can still have a traditional IRA. It just means that your deduction for those contributions may not be complete. And to make this restriction a bit more complicated, if you're married and you don't have a retirement account at work, but your spouse does, there's still a deduction limit. So in this situation, if you live with your spouse or you file a joint tax return, you cannot deduct traditional IRA contributions if your household MAGI exceeds 199000 And the phase-out range is from 189000 to 199000 One more time, I want to reiterate that this deduction limit does not prevent you from being able to contribute to a traditional IRA. You can always max one out, but the problem is that the deduction you receive may be reduced or eliminated. So you're probably wondering, well, is it even worth it to make a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA? Well, it's certainly not as good as a deductible contribution but you may not have another option if you are a high earner. The good news is that non-deductible contributions to a traditional IRA still grow tax-deferred until you take withdrawals in retirement. So that gives you some substantial tax savings over time. And as we're talking about these retirement accounts, if you'd like to get a little bit more clarity, I created a one-page PDF download that may help you. It gives you the pros and cons of different types of retirement accounts and clarifies the differences between traditional and Roth. And I call it the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. You can get this download right now so you can refer to it while you're listening to the podcast or you can get it after the show. Simply send me a text message. Text the word RETIRE, R-E-T-I-R-E, to the number 33444. Again, text RETIRE to the number 33444 right now, and you'll get the free PDF download immediately. Okay, we're moving on to step number two, choose your retirement plans. Now that you understand that high earners have income and deduction limits, you can use this information to choose retirement plans. So here's a summary of the three main types of retirement plans. Number one, employer-sponsored. These can be used when they're offered by your employer. Examples are a 401k, a 403b, you've probably heard of those. There's also a 457 plan and others that are offered in the workplace. The second type are plans for the self-employed. These can be used by any individual with some amount of self-employment income, even if it's just part-time income. Examples include a SEP IRA, a Solo 401k, and a simple IRA. And the third type of retirement plans are those for individuals. These can be used by any individual, including minors, who have some amount of earned income or by a spouse who does not have income, but who files taxes jointly. So the only two options in the individual category are a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Again, you've got employer-sponsored, self-employed, and individual types of plans. You can have multiple retirement plans as long as you don't exceed their annual contribution limits. For instance, let's say you have a job with a 401k, and you earn income from a side business. In that case, you could contribute to an IRA, a 401k, and a SEP IRA in the same year. So how do you choose among these three types of plans? Well, my go-to account is definitely an employer-sponsored retirement plan. If you are fortunate enough to have a retirement account at work, that's the first place you need to go. Not only do these plans come with high contribution limits and broad federal legal protections, Many employers offer free matching funds just to reward you for participating. For 2018, you can contribute up to 18500 or 24500 if you're over age 50 to most types of employer-sponsored retirement plans. And if your employer pays matching funds, you can exceed those annual limits. So those are awesome plans to take advantage of. I would max out one of those first when it's an option for you. But let's say it's not an option. Let's say you don't have a workplace retirement plan, but you're self-employed. A SEP IRA would be a good choice if you have employees or you plan to have some someday. And if you're a solopreneur with no employees, a solo 401k is a great option. For 2018, you can make SEP IRA contributions for each of your employees, including yourself, up to 25% of each employee's compensation for a maximum of $55,000. And if you have a 401k or a 403b with another company, with another employer, the total you can contribute to both plans is limited to 100% of your compensation up to $55,000. I've got a SEP IRA, and it works really well for me. I know many other freelancers and self-employed people who have a solo 401k and love it. With those, you can contribute up to 25% of your net earnings, up to $55,000 or up to $61,000 if you're over age 50. And if you're a worker who does not have a retirement plan at work and you're not self-employed, your go-to option is an IRA. As I mentioned, just about everyone is qualified to have one and you can combine them with other types of retirement plans. However, IRA contribution limits are relatively low. As I mentioned before, for 2018, you can contribute up to 5,500 or 6,500 if you're over age 50. So maxing out an employer-sponsored plan or a self-employed plan first makes sense when it's possible for you. I received a related question from Bill L., who says, Love the podcast. What options do temporary or part-time employees have to cut taxes and save for retirement when they don't qualify for a workplace plan that's only offered to full-time employees? Bill, thanks for your note. Many people work for small businesses that don't offer a retirement plan or that require you to be a full-timer to qualify. Unfortunately, administering a retirement plan is costly for companies. So consider yourself lucky if you do have one at work. The solution for anyone who doesn't have a retirement plan at work is to open an IRA. And if you work for yourself, you can also choose retirement plans just for the self-employed, as I mentioned. All right, step number three is choose your retirement tax types. After choosing one or more types of retirement plans to fund, a key decision will be which tax type to choose, traditional, Roth, or both. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, back to choosing your retirement tax types. Most retirement accounts come with a Roth option, and you can even split contributions to both types as long as you don't exceed the annual contribution limit. For example, if you're qualified for a Roth IRA and you're under age 50, you could contribute $2,000 to a traditional IRA and $3,500 to a Roth IRA in the same year but you can't contribute $5,500 to both accounts. This same concept applies when you've got a workplace plan with a Roth option. You could contribute $10,000 to a traditional 401k and $8,500 to a Roth 401k in the same year, but not $18,500 to both of them. So how do you know if a traditional, a Roth, or a combination of tax types is right for you? Well. Start by answering these 3 questions. Number 1, is my income tax rate going to be higher or lower in retirement? With any traditional retirement plan, you get a break by delaying taxes until you take withdrawals in retirement. You end up paying tax on your original contributions and their investment growth. But Roth accounts work the exact opposite way. With a Roth, you pay tax up front on contributions and then pay zero tax on withdrawals and retirement. That means you skip paying tax on all the investment earnings, which can be a massive savings. To pay as little tax as possible, consider if your income tax rate could be lower now relative to when you plan to retire. If you believe that you'll be in the same or a higher tax bracket in retirement, Choosing a Roth is best. The idea is that paying tax on Roth contributions up front at a lower rate now saves you money. Here are some situations where your tax rate could be higher in retirement than it is today. You might be in an entry-level job and expect to be earning more in the future. You might expect to receive an inheritance in the future. Or maybe you've just got a hunch that income tax rates for all Americans will rise in the future. But let's say you're further along in your career, maybe a little older, and you're earning more now than you believe you will earn in retirement. Then you're generally better off with a traditional IRA or a traditional plan at work. When you take withdrawals in retirement, you'll end up paying less tax if you've got a lower tax rate then than you do today. Problem is, none of us really know for sure what's gonna happen in the future especially if you've got a long way to go until retirement. So if you're not sure about your tax rates, and I couldn't blame you if you are unsure, another tip is to diversify by having both traditional and Roth accounts. That way you'll have taxable and non-taxable money to spend in retirement. For instance, you could put half your contributions in a traditional 401k and half in a Roth 401k or you might have a Roth retirement plan at work and a traditional IRA on your own. Okay, the second question to ask when you're trying to figure out whether a traditional or a Roth is right for you is, when do I prefer to pay income tax? While most people would prefer to never pay taxes, when it comes to your retirement nest egg, at least you have control over when you pay them. If you have a heavy tax burden right now because you've got high earned income, or high investment income, making contributions to a traditional retirement account is a smart way to reduce what you owe. You'll get a tax deduction in the year you make traditional retirement contributions, and that cuts your current tax bill. Roth contributions are never tax deductible, so they don't help your current tax situation. But as I mentioned, the beauty of a Roth is that withdrawals and retirement are completely tax-free. If your account mushrooms in value over many years, you get to keep every penny of that in retirement. So your current and future tax situation plays a big role in whether you should use a traditional or a Roth retirement account. But as I mentioned, don't get too bogged down in the decision. It's really more of an art than a science. No one knows for sure what's going to happen. You can always start or stop contributions to accounts at any time if your financial situation or ideas change. And the third question to ask is, do I want? Penalty free access to the account before retirement. Tapping a retirement account before you reach the official retirement age of 59 and a half typically comes with having to pay income tax plus a 10% early withdrawal penalty. While you might think it's unfair to have your wrist slapped, financially speaking, to access your own money, the purpose is to make sure you've got funds to spend in retirement, not before. However, There are some exceptions. Roth accounts offer you more flexibility than traditional ones when it comes to taking early withdrawals. That's because you've got to pay tax up front on those Roth accounts and also because you control IRAs as an individual. So a Roth IRA allows the most flexibility. You can withdraw your original contributions, not the earnings on the account, but your original contributions at any time and for any reason. While I recommend leaving retirement accounts untouched until you retire, having a Roth IRA does give you the most flexibility to tap your funds ahead of retirement if you need them. So if you've got a long way to go, and maybe you're worried that you might need to spend some of your retirement savings, choose a Roth IRA if you're eligible. I received a question from Catherine M who's got a retirement account dilemma. She says, I contribute $18,000 per year to a traditional retirement plan at work, but we also have a Roth option. I don't have an IRA, but I'm leaning toward choosing a Roth IRA since I already have a traditional account at work. But my boyfriend and I expect to get married in a couple of years and our joint income will likely be too high to qualify for a Roth IRA. So should I open a traditional IRA instead and change my contributions at work to the Roth option? Catherine, thanks so much for your note and congratulations on doing such a great job earning and saving. I'm a big fan of using a Roth at work because they don't come with income limits, as I mentioned, and they allow you to make relatively high annual contributions. So unless you really need the tax deduction that comes with a traditional plan, switching over to the Roth at work makes sense. Again, unless you need the tax deduction of a traditional IRA, I'd open a Roth IRA while you're eligible. And if your joint income makes you ineligible for a Roth IRA down the road after you get married and file jointly, you can simply let that account ride and switch over and contribute to a traditional IRA instead. Okay, we have covered a lot of ground here. We definitely covered some of the biggest considerations for choosing retirement accounts, but there's no absolute right or wrong answer. As I mentioned, if you're still not sure, having a combination of tax-deferred and tax-free accounts covers all the bases. Thanks to Bill and Catherine for sending in questions, and thank you for being with me today. Before I let you go, I want to remind you that I have a brand new class called Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan to stay debt-free forever. This online class will help you come away with a clear debt reduction plan to eliminate credit cards, student loans, medical bills, mortgages, or any debt you owe, even if you don't have extra money to pay them off faster. You can learn at your own pace, and you've got lifetime access to the course. To learn more, just text DEBTCOURSE, D-E-B-T-C-O-U-R-S-E, with no space, to the number 33444, and I'll send you an email that gives you 85% off. You can also learn more at lauradadams.com. And if you want to keep the money conversation going with me and a great group, join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. It's filled with like-minded people who are reaching for and accomplishing big financial goals, just like you. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS to the number 33444. I hope to see you in class and in the group. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. This is Lisa
0: Rowan from thepennyhoarder.com, and I'm here with today's money hack. So you need some ways to make money from home? Hey, join the crowd. Nearly 4 million Americans are working from home these days. That's more than the population of Oregon, Utah, or Iowa. Here are two ways to earn money from the comfort of your own home. No job training required. First, do you have a bunch of movies or CDs collecting dust on a shelf? Declutter will pay you for them. Declutter buys your old CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, and video games, plus hardware like cell phones, tablets, game consoles, and even iPods. One user, Gil Flores, sold about 100 DVDs and 75 CDs and made $275. That's an average of $1.57 each. Just download the app and start scanning the barcodes on your media items to get instant quotes. All right, this next one is really easy. We all go shopping, but are you earning cash back from the items you're purchasing? Ibotta is an easy-to-use cashback app that's partnered with more than 50 retailers, and it works just about anywhere you do any kind of shopping. Before heading to the store, search for items on your shopping list within the app. Click on the cashback opportunities you want, and then shop. When you get home, snap a photo of your receipt and scan the item barcodes. Bam! Cashback. Some opportunities we've seen include $0.25 cashback for any item, 25 cents back on strawberries, and even a dollar back on a box of tea. For more ways to earn extra cash from home, visit thepennyhoarder.com.